All right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Seeking Health Podcast. I am Josiah. And I'm Jessica. Yeah, I'm Ruth. Josiah and I were missionaries for years until we stepped back in 2019 to seek health and re-examine our beliefs. Right now, I am a Christian, but not an evangelical. And I'm an agnostic. And you're Ruth. <laughs> and we are deconstructing and reconstructing together. together. Listen to some of our key episodes, such as Deconstructing Together, Domestic Abuse, I'm a Survivor, The Cult of ATI Part 1 and 2, and Dehumanized by Purity Culture. Join us on our journey as we seek health together. So today we, we have, have my sister Ruth. Hello. <laughs> I'm sister Ruth. I sound like a nun. <laughs> Sister Ruth. Sister Ruth. You could have been. That was a previous life. <laughs> previous, previous. I'd have to go back to shame on the family. <laughs> a nun, a Catholic who couldn't even listen to Ave Maria without it being skipped. <laughs> should have done it. Start this podcast with Ave Maria. Oh, That's how we can make sure that. Parents don't listen to this podcast. I'm pretty sure they're not listening. <laughs> Just include a few, uh, few sections of it. <laughs> oh, we're good. Yeah. We're heathens. Like a trigger warning to parents. <laughs> <laughs> so this podcast is fun, but we'll it's see. fun in the sense of sometimes you laugh when you want to cry, but we're just going to laugh. Laughing is a coping mechanism, a coping but mechanism. it is good. It is good. Yes. It's not like, you know, there's many others that are not. Coping <laughs> I was going to start naming them, but, you know, teach their own. Yes. No judgment. <laughs> um, so I, I called this evangelical parenting, evangelical parenting, parenting <laughs> techniques and other horror stories. Um, Basically, parenting in fundamentalism. Yeah. And we have stories. Because something that draws us together, other than the fact that we're related and married. <laughs> I mean, so us. <laughs> we're not all sister wives. We're just sisters. It was a comma. <laughs> related, comma, and married. It's the Oxford comma, okay? I mean, I am married. But this to a different <laughs> We are moving on. Something that... We all have in common is we were raised within evangelicalism, and we have some pretty interesting experiences that mark us. Pretty tragic, really, but yeah. kind of funny when you look back on it. Well, not funny, but you might as well laugh. Might as well laugh. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh yeah. So around the supper table, we were talking about different parenting things, and it came up earlier today when my daughter came home and talked about being at a friend's house and like her friend was misbehaving so she was with her brother they weren't getting along so they put a rope like tied around both their waists so that they'd be stuck together until they could learn to get along and it was like it kind of threw me back because i've heard this technique before mm -hmm. it's like you force them to be together to go everywhere together so that they learn to get along but this time i heard it and it made me mad I'm like, even adults don't all get along. Mm -hmm. So why would we force kids to get along? Like, it's okay not to get along. Like, you can't be mean to each other if you're siblings. But usually, like with our kids, what we notice is if they're not getting along, you should need space they from need each other. 
<laughs> like yeah. go to your rooms and have a time out not to be chef like tied together with a rope <laughs> yeah it's terrible it's terrible i'm still like it's a few hours ago and i'm still like mad at that and they're kind of a theme of like there's things that that seemed normal and then the more that distance you get from it you're like that is really fucked up like it's not normal that's not all. okay no there's kind of a, an accumulation of learning more about boundaries, learning more about personal autonomy, learning more about child psychology and what it means to be healthy and making progress on ourselves. And all of a sudden you look back and you're like, what the fuck? Like, this is not parenting. This is not good parenting. No, no, it's not. What do you think are some of the like thoughts behind parenting like that? Control. Um, I don't know. It's just like a one-size-fits-all approach. Yes. yes. We ran into that so much. Here's a book. This will fit for all the kids. All the no kids. matter what their personalities are. Yeah. Or here's the book written by Reverend so-and-so <laughs> who has no experience or child psychology. And he's like, no, no, there's three types of kids. <laughs> and so then parents have to try and figure out if they have one of three types or two types or four types or whatever. But then it's still a box and you have to try and get fit in, right? And then it's it's still it doesn't fit. And these oh, people yeah. have no idea what they're talking about. Your firstborn, second born, or third born. Right, exactly. And then it repeats itself. Right? Yes. <laughs> and the first boy, even if he has three older sisters, still he's still like your firstborn. Because it's a different gender. Mm. <laughs> of course, that makes so, such a difference. Well, yeah, especially if it's a boy. <laughs> <laughs> We're laughing because the chair farted because we didn't hear what happened. <laughs> Anyways, this brought us on to other memories of yeah. parenting. And one of them that we both as sisters witnessed our little brother having is one I've heard in other fundamentalist circles. And it's from Michael and Debbie Pearl, which like took their parenting tips from Amish, I guess, and from like raising Supposedly. animals. And then it was all about breaking the child's will. So then you can mold it how you want. Mm -hmm. And one of those child things that they did was blanket training with little babies. You put out a blanket, not a big blanket, a small blanket. And you put out a few toys with them and they cannot go off the blanket at all. They will get spanked if they get off the blanket. If their toy rolls off, they cannot go get their toy. They have to sit on the blanket, stay on the blanket and be quiet. And you practice that in the home so you can go to church and have perfectly behaved kids. Mm. How much of this stuff do you think comes down to wanting to have your kids sit through church. <laughs> I don't say a lot. I was gonna say it's all about appearances. Yeah. It's yeah. always about how is this gonna look to other people? And can we be the perfect looking family? Yeah. For sure. You can have the perfect facade. You're you're held in higher esteem in the church. Yeah. I wish I mean our family nailed it. Oh, we <laughs> nailed it. Like the, the movie. Just like the movie. Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> You were both pictures. <laughs> we, were, we were the pictures, but the reality. 
Oh no! <laughs> I just understood. <laughs> the Netflix show nailed it. The <laughs> funny <laughs> <laughs> terrible. What they do is terrible. Yeah. So we are the smashed up cakes that fell off at the last second. I'm the agnostic boy. <laughs> 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 yeah <laughs> but we were past as kids so we had to there is so much pressure i mean especially growing up in a small town like yeah i would go around and everybody be like oh yeah you're the baptist pastor you got aren't you and like stuff of what i had done somewhere else in town would, would make its way to the parents back home even before i got home sometimes wow like it was like constantly being watched yeah constant the What's whole town's like, watching you yeah everybody knows what you're doing did you carry on yourself the pressure of like trying to convert people and like if you do something wrong then they might think bad of christians and then they're gonna go to hell and burn forever yeah i mean that was that was just a prerogative i think not even something i thought about much because mm -hmm. it was just you had to and then like i started working for the church so young Mm -hmm. too but yeah. like by the time i was 13 i went to cef for the summer for two weeks and i came back and i ran out of bps at 13 at the church wow. That's the, or, or maybe it was 14 14 wow it's and a good time to get a part-time job yeah or, you can't even work at 13 oh, you can't you're, you're too you're young right. you're right. i think i was 14 okay, okay. but like still cool. at 14 and i came back Actually, I have to clarify. I wasn't in charge. Okay. I was doing it all. <laughs> and I was the one that knew everything that had to happen, but I wasn't in charge because I of was course. a woman and I was young. <laughs> yeah. Of course. So it is still everybody else getting the credit for everything that happened. Uh, that's a good initiation for yeah. life and evangelicalism. Oh, I mean, that was a pattern that repeated the rest of my life until now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Until now being a key word. Hallelujah. Like <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm free. <laughs> I'm truly free, not free through the <laughs> I don't even want to say it. Through being a slave for Christ. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, you be a slave. You are free. free. Exactly. Be a slave and never have to make decisions, never have to think for yourself, never You're have to. So free. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> you know, these boundaries are there for a reason to keep you safe. You're so free if you stay in them. <laughs> well, that's what I was thinking with the blanket training is like it is pretty symbolic of what it means to be a, a grown-up in evangelicalism. Yes, yeah, fundamentalism. It's like here's the box. <clears throat> if you go out of the box, you'll be severely disciplined. That might be church discipline, or it might be like, hey, you might go to hell, or you know, God's gonna send judgment, or whatever. We have a podcast about like if you leave the church and anything bad happens to you, that's from God. You know? Yeah. So like you have all this pressure on you, even if somebody dies in your vicinity, they, that could have been your fault. And so like there's this this box, and you have to stay in it, or else like all hell will break loose. And that's so you start them young. It's like you got to be in this box. Yeah. 
So what are some of the crazy stories you guys have of being parented in the wonderful way? <laughs> I mean, the chalicism. Where do we start? Oh, I mean, one of my favorite ones that you guys didn't think was funny, but I do. Is being, <laughs> being bopped over the head with a cardboard box because like there was frustration going on that the shed wasn't getting cleaned fast enough. So the nearest empty cardboard box was grabbed and just pop, pop right over her heads. Maybe more like pop, pop. Right? <laughs> no, I just remember being really like stunned and like, what just happened? And then I thought it was funny even then because <laughs> what a strange punishment. Yeah, to hit with a box. I mean, <laughs> I know. I don't think it's funny. Because <laughs> it's like, it's kind of sad. Well, what stands out to me is that sounds like an irrational outburst of anger. Like just. Yeah, there was no logic bah! there. There was nothing Not even the it. logic enough to get something sensible to hit. I mean, not that you want to hit. It's not the point. But <laughs> like, it, it didn't make any sense, right? Like even, yeah. But I mean, um, like there was a lot of creativity and punishments and tools implemented so like oh, just like the middle ages yeah what are some of the tools i mean there was usually something in every room like every of the common areas in the house so there would be like wooden spoons or spatulas or the worst one was the switches because we would go outside and actually have to cut them ourselves and then bring them back and then we'd get spanked with the, the switches how did you pick what switch to get? Uh, was there a trick? I mean, usually if they're thicker, it's not they just stink quite as much. There was no good way. They all they all are awful. Yeah. <laughs> How often did that happen? Um, it depended on it depended on the week or the day. Kind of depended on a lot. Like did it depend on you or did it depend depend on them? Uh I was a good kid. I was a really good yeah. kid. No, you were. <laughs> I mean, I've known you forever. <laughs> and just has known you since. Almost forever. I don't know how old you were <laughs> when we got, when we met. Yeah, it was something like, say eight, seven or eight. Pretty young. Pretty young. Yeah. Yeah. I was a good kid. Like, you I were. would follow along what other people did. You were I a didn't... shadow. You were so good. Like, you were too good. Yeah, I was good at just being invisible there. Yeah, like I would just be there, but not really seen. But when it came to kind of punishment, because I had been present, then I was also included in all it. But there was no rhyme or reason to it. It was just kind Maybe of like a, a way to just for them to let out pent up anger. Yeah, I mean, there was other cases that were a lot more difficult for me. And mm -hmm. so because they were harder to discipline, then it was a lot easier to just take it out on the quiet one. Yeah. Mm. It's sad, but it's kind of something I think happens. Yeah. In circles and families. It's just like some of the kids are harder. And so the parents get really mad and frustrated. And the kids that are easier or more compliant, they get the worst end of the deal. Because they are easier to pass the the parents' anger on. Yeah. 
And that, that sounds really correct that there's a lot of anger and it seems like there's anger because there's this expectation of what the kids should be like and the family should be like and the image it's not like it's not reasonable and so when the kids don't match it then the parents get frustrated and angry and then you know the the, the available person gets hit by a box or something a lot harder it's really unfortunate um, it's not okay yeah and it's not i feel like the reason it got really creative is because they could get in trouble for it yeah that was a constant fear like, yeah, like you can't go outside during school hours. You're homeschooling, but you can't go outside during school hours because you really don't want anyone to get the wrong idea and call child family services. Yeah. It's like the issue wasn't the school. Yeah. <laughs> the issue with other things, but you have to be careful about the school so that you don't get in trouble for the other things. Yeah. And when that's all you know, that's what you think is normal, and it's not normal. No. You don't know that as a kid. You don't know that don't as a know kid. That. No. Yeah, I was raised with that too. I just, I was told that, you know, child family services, they're just home records. They just come in. If they hear anything, they'll just take the kids away. They're terrible. And got this idea that school teachers are all bad and liberal and you got to protect them, the kids from that. And even police officers and just everybody's kind of, you got to be afraid of, even your neighbors, you got to be afraid of your neighbors. But those weren't the people to be afraid of. I mean, it's it's so sad to think that we were the sort of kids that had to be, that our parents had to take those sorts of measures to hide their actions. Yeah. The Michael and Debbie Pearl's teaching is one that a lot of people got into and later got it got linked to some to some child deaths. Mm -hmm. And yet it was so accepted. Yeah. And teachings from Dobson. Mm -hmm. What's his name? James Dobson. James, James Dobson. I mean, those are super popular. But like, he's not a psychologist. He? he is. He is a psychologist. But I don't think he's... Like, just because somebody has a doctorate, it doesn't even mean that they are, like, following the studies in their field. No. Right? Like, he got his doctorate, like, 50 years ago or something. Right. It's changed a lot since then. Yeah. And there's just so many ways, like, uh, I haven't read many of these books because there's just so many ways that these teachings of how to teach your kids just gets taken to an extreme. Mm -hmm. I guess, like, where's the intuition? Where's mm -hmm. the intuitive parenting? Mm -hmm. Where's listening to your gut? Where's being like, each kid is different and needs different things. Yeah. Like, not a single one of our kids have needed the same ways. No to be guided or punished if we want to call it that mm. like it hasn't been the same thing at all for each of them we've had to relearn just like oh i'm tired of this but we have to <laughs> like, yeah and it does not work at all the other way around. um mm -hmm. so it's really frustrating when people try to put kids in a box yeah and it like thinking of the nailed it show you know it's like it's the cakes end up terrible because people are amateurs that are making cakes and it's like, this is a continual theme as we've talked on the podcast. I've had interviews with people on purity culture, for example, and on sex ed. And you realize the people writing these family study books, they have not studied. They are not experts. They don't know what they're talking about. 
And there are child psychologists and there are experts, but they're continually put down as like, oh, those are non-Christian. We focus on the Bible. But the advice given is not good advice. No. It's really harmful. Yeah. One verse we never hear about in the Bible when in Christian circles is like, fathers don't exasperate your children. Mm -hmm. We don't hear about that one. No. When was the last time that was part of parenting seminar? about it a lot of teenagers yeah. at home for the last little bit like it was i was very tempted you were very to exasperated just, <laughs> very exasperated i really wanted to like point it out and like i have a devotional for the family <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's do this verse because <laughs> like we teach like children some listen to your parents obey your parents and like all these things and how even adult children are supposed to yeah. go to their parents for advice. And like when we joined ATI, mom and dad suddenly decided to go to their parents to ask for advice because like now they're supposed to do this. But it's not like they followed it, of course. Well, they couldn't because they weren't Christians. Exactly. Like there was But suddenly they started asking them doing their part, but not they could discredit it really easily because of the faith difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's just like, what about the part of not exasperating? Never heard that in ATI. Ever. No. Ever. This is and part of the Sermon of the Mount. Exactly. It was all the only the good teaching in the Bible is from those course. three chapters. You have to memorize it to even graduate high school. Did you memorize them? No. Yeah. So you're like me. You never well, graduated because of that. Oh, you had the yes. other Christian. So I graduated from the public school, so mom said I didn't really graduate because I didn't fulfill her. Okay, but at least you got a real diploma. Yes, <laughs> and you don't. And you don't. And that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Another way that. That's another punishment. It is another punishment that lasts them for life. Like, yeah. you're like, oh, well, you know, you don't need college education nowadays. Like I see lots of homeschoolers, like you don't need college education nowadays for kids to make it. Like they can get into trades and things like that. And it's like, well, then you're severely limiting your kids' future possibilities. Yeah. Why would you want to do that? And like, aside from, like they say, well, it's because we need, like, why do we homeschool? Why do we shelter our kids so much? I wasn't homeschooled, but I was, I was very sheltered with this message of like, you can't trust anybody and they're all unbelievers and like, they might wreck our home. I mean, I think it gets back to this abuse. But like, when you're so distrustful of the world, that really handicaps you mm -hmm. in life. There's only certain career options that feel open to you. It's like, well, I guess I'm going to be a pastor. I guess I'm going to be a missionary. That's the that's the top of the ladder that's the top the of the ladder that's... Accessible ones. Yeah. whereas now i'm like man like name. there's so many things that i could have there's so many things that you two could have you know studied in and become awesome at yeah you know you guys are are bright and studious and we had invested all this energy into studying the bible which is like okay there's some good principles there but like <laughs> way too much <laughs> i mean it was like you know, you have that critical time from when you're 18 to like 26 when you can study. And and it feels to me like our because our parents were abusing us and because they were so afraid of getting caught, they had to create the system. And then that system then handicapped us. And but, I don't think we're alone. I think this is a very common problem. Well, I was going to say, I know I have some friends who are homeschooled, you know, and they 
they weren't given an education. If you use the HI program and you don't supplement it, it's not enough. So then when some of these kids in this family have 10 kids and some of these kids wanted to go to um, college or university and they had to teach themselves high school. Wow. And they were going online and just teaching themselves, like learning math, learning English, learning all these things so that they can pass the SAT test so that they can get into college or university. Mm-hmm. So like she wants to be a nurse. She can't even be a nurse before she does her high school. Yeah. And she's already, by the time she decides this, she's already in her early 20s. Mm-hmm. It's like... And, and that's child abuse. Like, it that's, is. That's illegal for a reason because our minds go through, our brains go through different phases. And when you're young, you can absorb information quicker. And if you, if you don't use that time, then it's a lot harder. Yeah. Never mind it, the kids in the life stage. The, just the fact that it is mandatory. Yeah. And... We hide it. Yeah. The homeschoolers can hide the fact that they're not actually teaching their kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, when I was still finishing my high school, I went to Texas to be part of this girl finishing school for two months <laughs> in the winter. You're still not done. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Finishing school. You're not done yet. Never mind. I'm trying to make right. okay. <laughs> Ruth was but. <laughs> But I was just saying, though, it's like, on hindsight, I look back and I'm like, this was during school year. And we didn't know school. Mm-hmm. But they would have considered school because it was training us to be good wives mm-hmm. and mothers. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all you need in life. Well, exactly. Yeah. But, like, that's not what our society has deemed it to, necessary to. And these girls were, like, as young as 15 or 16. They're supposed to be in school. Mm-hmm. And they weren't. I never even thought of it before, <clears throat> except I was like, this was January and February, right in the middle of the school year. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's not okay. That's usually when like finals are for, for public school kids too. Right. right. It's right when they're transitioning out of the old semester into the new one. Yeah. A crucial, important part of the year. Yeah. That you would miss out on. Well, you're not supposed to be in school. <laughs> <laughs> you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Because, you know, schools have bullies. Right. That's well, another one we heard. Bad. Like, schools are bad. Everything is bad outside of... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it took me years to send my kids to school because I was constantly being fed how school is bad and they're learning nothing at school and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Can we just call bullshit on this whole we're being separate from the world because we're so holy? Like, that. <laughs> that is not why our parents separated from the world no you know what i mean that's true like it's not because they were holy <laughs> well and like okay there, there are there are christians in, and other religions where they're being persecuted so they can't let people know about their faith and maybe they have to hide their faith or, or hide where they are or even like be refugees or whatever that was not our situation no everybody in our country is completely fine with you being a christian or a hindu or whatever there was no need to pull away from society for religious reasons. No. It was due to cultural reasons. And there's so much culture in evangelicalism, you know, about a whole bunch of things. But part of it was parenting. And this, I mean, it seems to me growing up that it was almost a Christian, Christian doctrine to spank. Like, yeah. I mean, there are verses well, that say. Yeah. Spare the rod, spoil the child. Yeah. Well, that's not a verse, but. It, really? There's a verse that says yeah. something. I would have said verse. I thought it was a verse. Nope. 
Hmm, gotta look it up. Yeah, I went to Bible school. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Was it accredited? No. There you go. Me neither. I wasted two years. Yeah. Well, mine was more community-based. So you worked on relationships. She was actually really good at the point I was in. So it wasn't a bad thing. <laughs> and it was a 10-hour plane ride from, from home. From home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's another good. So how much Bible reading I did? Not nearly as much as I did before. I started getting quote-unquote liberal when I went to Bible school. Did you still how? How late into your life did you read the Bible through every year? I read through the Bible fairly young in life. Like, you mean the last time? Like every year. I don't know that I ever did it in one year. Wow. Are you even related? <laughs> life got worse for you. I think it was when I was nine or ten that dad implemented reading through the Bible in a year for everyone. And so um, from that age until I think about two years ago, I would read through the Bible every year. Wow. And sometimes I would read through it twice in a year where <gasps> I'd like do different plans to like oh, read through it. You read it through more times than me and I'm 12 years older. I read it a lot. <laughs> wow. You had that too. If only you had read it just a little bit more, then you wouldn't have Maybe lost your faith. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. And did you pray, though? Well, you know, the sleeping count. <laughs> <laughs> so when Dad first implemented it, I was getting up at like 6 in the morning to do school because I would, that's just what I like to do. I like to study. But we had to do at least half an hour. And if they were, were awake, um, like they would keep track of it they would wow. make sure that you spent at least half an hour in the bible um so what i like to do was take a warm blanket and go in front of the little like electric fireplace that we had and then i'd read whatever chapters i had to do but that takes like five minutes because it doesn't take that long to read um and then i would just kind of take a nap for a little bit <laughs> When I got older, I tried a little bit more to actually understand, but I don't know. I didn't know what I was supposed to do, but I was supposed to be memorizing and meditating and reading and mm -hmm. just living, breathing, eating the, the Bible. Yeah. All the time. Too bad it's not paper. Edible paper. <laughs> <laughs> Bible edible. <laughs> Other kinds of edibles are better. <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> it is a lot. Like I remember at one point, this was before they implemented this Bible reading for you guys, but like it's like if if we were watching a movie in the afternoon when our school was done, it was like, have you read your Bible? Yes. As long as you like you have to read the Bible as long as you want to watch movies. So like if you want to watch a half hour show, you have to read the Bible for half an hour. Yeah. I remember <laughs> that too. Yeah. It's like. Um, but also, a movie in the afternoon? What? Maybe it was evening. I don't know. <laughs> we are movies or Bill Gothard sermons. <gasps> remember Pamela's prayer? No. <sighs> Courtship. Her oh. dad decided everything. Gross. And that was like. 
my movie inspiration. Could have been Jessica's prayer. It could have been all the all the girls' prayer. <laughs> Just mm. gross. Yeah. No, we would get really excited because we would get told like that we would watch a movie tonight, and it was like yes, like this is so exciting because we didn't get to watch that many. And then, like eighty percent of the time, it would be pulling out an ATI. Like sermon sermon of some sort and usually bill gothard or or the pineapple story oh was my like gosh the one. <laughs> wow so when i was younger we had tv yeah that was and then weird yeah i remember coming home from public school and watching movies back then. i know it was so liberal and then after a while like we moved to ontario and then like just started getting to homeschooling culture and stuff like that we had been homeschooled before and then then like it became that we only watched like magic school bus and little beaver mm. remember little beaver? Remember. black little and beaver. white little beaver like <laughs> 19 i'm what? laughing for other reasons 50s yes 1950s like so. very on the prairie we got patriarchal like mm -hmm. yeah and so we were down to those two shows we could watch and then eventually TV just left the home. Yeah. But we still watched the movies. But then it got yes. to a point where for you, it hardly did that even. Yeah, once in a while we'd get a fun movie, like a real movie, not a sermon movie. Did they What's say the ceiling whenever someone kissed? No, it would be citron, citron, lemon. <laughs> citron. And then like running in front of the TV and just awkwardly standing there pretending to not be blocking the tv even though that was actually what was happening like oh yeah he'd be like uh, yeah like, just like oh i just need to be in front of here for a second that's all right i'll move <laughs> soon but no you know what you're doing just admit it yeah <laughs> we all know dad i mean person <laughs> <laughs> uh, or he'd wiggle in the seat uncomfortable <laughs> yeah <laughs> Flashbacks. <laughs> sorry, you're far too good of an actress. I'm just kidding. I'm starting to get flashbacks. Uh, <laughs> he's not even my dad. We're both just going to be triggered. Well, I'm just going to laugh. It's just because I wiggle in my seat. So you guys don't flash that. It doesn't take much. It doesn't. Some people leave an impression. Even now, I have a hard time not looking. <laughs> I have a hard time not not looking at a TV screen. Like I still don't know if I'm supposed kiss. to look when there's yeah. a kiss or some sort of scene along that line. And you know they're not married because they're actors. Even if they're married in the movie, they're still quickly actors. like Google it. I'm actually married. And then you know when you watch it. <laughs> uh, you're allowed to watch it. Yeah, I guess so. I I still get really awkward and I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Just watch it on your phone. It's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been like pushing myself to watch Netflix shows that I never would have watched in the past just to kind of like push myself out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. because it's such a small, narrow comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I, I won't say on here what I watch just because yes. like. I mean, there's one that judged. I could suggest that. I... <laughs> <laughs> that dad would not like oh just <laughs> lots of those <laughs> that's not hard i mean this is funny 
this is actually funny but i i think it was one of the the spider-man movies that came out like years ago i don't know whether it was i think it was andrew garfield the actor i don't know there's three upside down kiss well don't they all have that oh maybe i think think that's like a spider-man move (laughs) an upside down kiss yeah, well, he's yeah, Spider Man. He like, hangs upside down. Yeah. And at a crucial point in the movie, he kisses the girl upside down. Oh, wow. Well, yeah. I don't think I've seen them. Yeah. Well, see, we were watching one of them, and there's this point where Spider Man is, is like in the bad guy's house, and he's hanging on the roof with his sticky fingers. Um, but he's bleeding. So, like, suddenly a drop of blood just falls to the floor and then pans over to the bad guy. And then it stopped because the movie was stopped because it was too suspenseful. <laughs> they, that's so not the ne- movie? Yeah. So I <gasps> never saw the rest of that Spider-Man movie oh because my goodness. it was too <laughs> suspenseful. And it's one that we rented too. So like they spent money on it, but I was like, no, it's too suspenseful. I just can't do it. And he walked out and we never got to finish it. Oh, <laughs> But I still have that scene very vividly in my mind, and then it's just blank because you don't I know remember, what happens next. I remember so many times the movie would we get into a movie and then it would just be stopped and done. Yeah. And then they might try another one or the evening is just over. Yeah. And, and then you watch and then you watch a Bill Gothard. It's just like frustrated and kind of like angry inside because mm-hmm. like I was getting into the story and now you close it and I had no idea something was bad because I'm too young for it <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you know like, do you think that like it seems like our parents just didn't value us having fun like yeah it wasn't a priority what's a priority is that they make good disciples and they make us look good and they study study and they probably would have thought they were making happy kids but it's like because we had a front of being happy but when were their decisions where it's like i'm going to sacrifice or buy something to make the kids happy like you guys didn't even have a living room well i was gonna say our living room for a while there was no living room for a long time so now it's a schoolroom, and then it was a living room for a little bit and then it turned into grandpa's place yeah like, so it's we like very often did not have a living room the kitchen the kitchen table was the hub mm-hmm. which was for studying but it was for studying and it was for servants yeah ATI. you couldn't just sit on the ca- on, at the table to relax no because it's in the kitchen it's in the hub it's where they would tell you something else to do I'm like don't waste your time yeah so that always stood out to me. Like we had no living room. We had nowhere to relax a lot of times. We also weren't allowed to be in our rooms for for an extended period of time. Right. Because then we were being closed off from everyone else. Yeah. And then vacations, we used to go to conferences. And they were always on my birthday. Aww. <laughs> One year, uh, Bill Gothard decreed he decreed a day of fasting on my <gasps> birthday. Oh. <laughs> it was pissed. It was so bad. I refused to fast. So I think that night. And of course, they didn't. Did they make a cake the next day or something? Uh, I think that night, late after we'd already gone to bed, they came back with like a chocolate cream pie. And then we had chocolate cream pie 
in the hotel room. And that was my birthday that year. Hmm. We didn't emphasize celebrating. No, mm-hmm. no, it just wasn't. Well, thing. you had to celebrate the right things. Right. Right. We didn't really like celebrate Christmas because you're so busy with the church. Mm-hmm. You don't celebrate the main holidays because you're so busy with the church. You can't celebrate yourself because that's prideful. No. no. And if you're a parent, you can't celebrate your kids' achievements because, you know, pastor's family. Yeah. Because you could celebrate everybody else. Yeah. So right. not yourself. But aren't those the things that make a healthy adult? You know? Yeah. Able to love yourself, celebrate the little things, rest. Like just, what are you doing? Just, just chilling, just resting. I'm going to trigger you here, warning. <laughs> Remember that? At the door, whatever time he decided it would be, we'd have to be up. At the door, knock at the door. Time to wake up! Oh. I'm going to trigger you. Oh, <laughs> I'm so triggered. Oh. He just walk through the house sometimes, snapping his fingers. I still can't snap my fingers. For me, it's like too much. jingling keys. Jingling keys in the pocket. That That is triggering to me because it's like it was a sign of irritation mm-hmm. and that there was simmering anger. Oh. And that just like immediately puts me into a place of feeling unsafe. Mm-hmm. I remember a time where they were arguing, fighting in the kitchen downstairs, and I was in the landing just listening to them, and I just was worried, and I was like, if they separate, like, which house am I going to be in, and how am I going to take care of my siblings, and so there was this, like, monos um, alarm, what's it called, mono, like those, uh, oh, um, carbon no, monoxide? Yes, carbon monoxide alarms in the landing, and I was just pressing it, making it beep, because I wanted them to stop, and I couldn't tell them, so I was just like, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, kind of sad. I guess I'll think about that really mm-hmm. often. So that's sad when you get to the age when, like, you, you have some distance, and you think of yourself as a child, and you're just like, that is just a sad picture. It's not just a memory, it's like, yeah. Wow, poor kid. I know. Like yeah. the agitation you're talking about, like I had that too. Like it seems like a parenting technique. Like you get your kids so afraid of the bad you that they want to always have the good you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, part of that is when you get really angry, you just lash out, you hit them with a box or you hit them with whatever and you yell. And then the kids are like, okay, we never want to see that again. And so then they're always on their best behavior, not not just when you yell at them, but when you start to look a little bit agitated, they're like, oh, the bad version's coming out. Well, you're going to see the signs too. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know the mood day by day, you test the mood to know yeah. how you have to act that day. Yeah. And even by like footsteps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The changes. You can tell day. exactly who's coming and kind of what mood they're in even mm-hmm. just by their footsteps. Yeah which is a whole other level of intuition. Well, it's the sort of intuition you don't want because like you could you like there's like a few situations in life where that would be helpful. Like if you get kidnapped, that would be helpful. (laughs) But like most of the time, you don't want to be that involved in other people's emotions. You, You should be able to sit at your desk and your boss is raging angry and you're just like, he's not mad at me life goes on and not feel like it's you right away and not assume that it's you 
but all three of us in this room, <laughs> if your boss is mad, we all assume it's us. And we're all freaked out, even though he hasn't said anything to us, you know, like we just assume it's us and we're trying to fix it and we're anxious because yeah. he's mad. And when we were little kids, an authority figure that got mad meant smackdown. Yeah. If you don't diffuse the situation somehow. I was talking to a friend from fundamentalist background as well, and she, and we were talking about how so many of us, of us from these backgrounds seem to leave with health problems. Mm -hmm. And I found that really interesting because you just, you learn to live under such a constant level of stress that if you live under that kind of stress for so many years, you're going to have health problems. It's sad. It's so sad. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I both got that leaving. Yep. You got it so bad. Yeah. Such bad health. <laughs> I left with like weekly migraines. I couldn't even work full time. I was just like, no, I just couldn't handle it. I couldn't work that much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Your body's not meant to take that much stress. Your body really broke down. Yeah. Well, it, it pretty much shut down. It did. Yeah. And you yeah. still have the result of that. Yeah, it's lasted until now. It's hard to. That's sort of you, Jessica. Not to the same extent. Not in the same way, but your migraines have been kind of a lifelong battle. They're and very much stress related, like related to triggers. Yeah. Yeah. And for, for sure. the first couple of years, I mean, you were just absolutely yeah. crippled by your migraines and night terrors, nightmares. Yeah. All involving family of origin family of origin i heard family virgin <laughs> family of virgin well that would fit with I this mean... too <laughs> oh yes we we're virgins five tips later they're miraculous i mean if it could happen in bible times it can happen now right like it's a miracle it's a miracle really mom i didn't have sex family virgin it was another miracle <laughs> You do kind of wonder. You do kind of wonder. <laughs> Is this such an elaborate story that happened from Mary that we still hang on to the study thousands of years later? Mary made an elaborate story of virginity and dream from an angel. Yeah. I mean, it affects people now. Like, I have talked to, I have heard this from multiple Christian women especially a younger woman who are like, I have never had sex. Like there is no chance in hell. They wouldn't say that. <laughs> is no chance in heck <laughs> that I am pregnant. But because like my period was a day or too late, that fear was right there. I um, had that. Yeah. It's I had that common. fear as a teen and early adult. Like I was I scared of getting pregnant. And I know constant fear. Yeah. And we know the consequences of getting pregnant out of wedlock is bad. You disappear. You no longer exist. It would be so bad. And I was always so worried I would be a virgin pregnant girl. If it happened in Bible times, why couldn't it happen again? Wow. And that was like, I've heard it. Like I had that too. And I've heard it wow. from many people. Wow. It's not just me. No. Wow. <laughs> It's I a, had that was such a fear. Yeah, it's like a trauma that was imposed on uh, all on girls. Christian young girls. It's never taught. Mm. It's never taught. You girls like, had it a lot harder than us guys. 
Yeah. Like. Yes, because we are evil and we have bodies. <laughs> because we ate the apple first. I want to be sure it wasn't poison. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it had been like a mango or something. That would have been better. Well, we don't apple. know what it was. <laughs> it was an apple. Every Bible story. That's Flanolograph true. is an apple. Yeah, I think I saw it. With a white with a white Eve, of course. And I mean, she has get... lots of hair, which is very that... Oh, very <laughs> long hair. And it's always it like conveniently just like hides the breasts. Like realistically, hair can't cover that way. It would still no, I used to have really long hair that would go down to like I had hair down I, to my waist. Yeah, and even if I were to have it all swooshed to the front, like it would not it would like that. There'd be a little game of people. All right, somebody here with raised in purity culture that's feeling uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, you're pressed to get. <laughs> There's There's the queen of puns. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> it seems like there's just so much fear in this so system fear. because fear is just used as a tactic. It's a way to control people. And then you end up afraid of things that maybe your parents didn't even intend, but it's just, there's just so much fear floating around in the air and you just yeah. end up terrified and then it has lifelong consequences. You grew up and you just feel like you were raised in a war zone when people in town are like, Oh, you had such wonderful parents. They're so, I wish I could have been raised in this like, no, you don't wish you were raised like this. You don't know what went on. Complex PTSD happens from fundamentalist homes. Yeah. They're high control religion. Mm -hmm. But that is high control. Yeah. And when you add in religion to high control, then you're bringing in the threat of eternal consequences. Yeah. Well, that's enough to bring fear in a child's life. Mm -hmm. That's the point, too. Like it is the point. Fear. Yeah. Yeah, like great I, comfort. Ray Comfort and all of his like tracks for gospel, like you preach to them about the how they're sinners and they're going to hell, and like, and then you present the good news. Mm -hmm. Or you start with mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, even with CF, like the whole strategy was fear, and I used it on kids. As a kid, mm -hmm. I used it on kids. And CF is child evangelism fellowship. Yeah. yeah. And so I would like they had a very specific script on how you present the gospel mm -hmm. and like and they bring it to a really dark place. Like you always bring it to a really dark place where you're a sinner, you are worthless, you are nothing. But then Jesus came along and saves your life and you're all okay. And then it's done. Like you bring it, you build it up to this climax of, of such a dark, dark, dark place where you have no hope and then there's about 30 seconds telling you that you have this is how you can get saved and then there and then that's it mm -hmm. and that's what you leave the kids with and they trained so many teenagers every hundreds summer hundreds of teenagers mm -hmm. hundreds of teenagers, teenagers every summer don't know better because yeah. they've also been exposed to this fear their entire lives it's all and you that, know like we were raised in it and we felt as though that was the only way, but there are so many different ways and so many better ways to present the Christian message or whatever. Like, 
it's it's like evangelicalism we tend when you're in it you think well we're the moderate ones you know there's some crazy people over there there's crazy <laughs> people over there but we're in the middle of we're kind of normal but like it's it's a really extreme view like conscious eternal torment in hell forever like worthless you're worthless there's not even purgatory there's no chance and like everybody's going to hell except for us you know it's a very small group and like it's you know god is angry he's so angry he had to like take it on his son and hurt him and kill him and and it's just, like it's so harsh everything about it is harsh it's kind of not surprising but then the parenting is like so harsh and heartless when the theology is so harsh and heartless we were talking about earlier today how like we were taught we were taught so much over and over to shut down emotion mm. and part of that we were talking about anger and how like we were angry at something earlier you and i and it was like but this anger is okay mm-hmm. i mean like i went to a whole weekend long weekend of an anger seminar the whole thing preaching about how anger is bad basically mm-hmm. and it's like today i was reading something on instagram about like deconstructing anger and how like anger is there for a reason yeah anger like can it be taken out yes of course some people are angry people and they don't use anger well yeah um for sure but in a healthy person mm-hmm. anger is there to communicate something yeah but we were taught it's bad yeah so any strong emotions about anything is bad mm-hmm. but if you have strong emotion see anger is there to give somebody that doesn't have enough strength the strength to do what has to be done in the moment mm-hmm. and if you it like some people just rely on anger all the time and then they're out of control but a healthy person says that is unjust I shouldn't be treated that way. You shouldn't be treated that way. You're being a dick, whatever. <laughs> and they have that energy to say, this is going to change now. And if we as kids had that ability, we would have blown up the system. Yeah. So it had, to be shut up. it had to be shut down. Yeah. You can only keep the system in by controlling people's emotions. Mm-hmm. But then what does that create? It creates adults that don't know how to stand up for themselves. Yeah. And that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Well, it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun as a cardboard box. <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at your face. I'm like, something's coming. Something's coming. <laughs> I just had to switch the subject. <laughs> so on that spank. <laughs> Uh, anyway just some <laughs> memories yeah. thank you for joining us ruth and this has been helpful it's it's hard to think back on i was thinking we would have more funny ones but it ended up just being, <laughs> <laughs> being hard uh but it was good to think through some of these things and i think other people will have some points of commonality as they listen to this yeah So thanks for joining us. Come again for another podcast soon.